0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. You're listening to Father Randall Kiesel from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. What a great day our Lord has given us. We give thanks to God and thank Him for the good and holy angels whom we're recognizing today in a special way. Uh, leading up to a special movie called Saint Michael Meet the Angel, released on Thursday, September 29th, in a theater near you. I encourage you to go check out the website, S-A-I-N-T, Michael Meet the movie, uh, dot com. So at this time, though, we, we pivot to another guest here. I'm excited to have Father Wolfgang Sites on the air with us. Father Wolfgang, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, good morning. Thank you, Father Cato, for having me.
1: You're welcome, Father Wolfgang. And to begin with, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, I'm a priest of the Order of Canons Regular of the Holy Cross. So uh, we are medieval order was founded in Portugal. Our our mother house is in Austria. I personally was born in Germany, grew up in a little farm with six siblings, and after my entry into the order, I was sent to Brazil for my studies in our own seminary, and then the order sent me here to the United States. Uh, i am here now since 2002, and my main occupation is preaching retreats and missions around the country.
1: Very good. And so you work with um, the work of the Holy Angels called Opus Sanctorum Angelorum. Can you tell us a little bit about Opus Sanctorum Angelorum?
2: Yeah, the Opus Sanctorum Angelorum, uh, it is our apostolate. So uh, the Church, the Holy See, put us in charge to spread devotion to the Holy Angels in the world. And uh, the Ops of Sanctum and Shalom, again, it's the work of the Holy Angels. Um, we do not only uh, teach people about the angels, but really to uh, work with the angels consciously in our daily life. And we also lead people to a consecration first to the guardian angel and then also to all the holy angels.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you introduce people to the the devotion to the guardian angels and then leading into uh, that conscious awareness and cooperation with all, all the angels. So how do you start that, Father?
2: The most basic thing is we first need to know, we always ask why. How does this help me? Uh, why the angels? We have God. Right? And why do we need the angels? Uh, it's simply God's plan of, uh, in the economy of grace. And uh, the angel, um, according to God's plan, it's not something we chose, but it's something God chose for very good reasons. Why He uh, communicates grace in this in this way? So we need to know uh, the fundamentals of devotion to the angels. For example, their angelic ministry. In so, in what does it consist? For example, uh, I could now mention several principles, uh, but it would probably take too long. Just one from Thomas Aquinas, he is the angelic doctor. He is uh, probably the greatest theologian we have in the Church of all times. And uh, his uh, his quote is actually in the Catechism. Unfortunately, it's not literally translated in the English. In other languages, it's fine, but the original is is, um, is Latin. So he says basically, referring to um, his departure is, When we are tempted or fall into sin, is the devil always involved? And he says, no, because of ritual sin, man can fall into sin or be tempted even without a devil. Of course, the devil often will play a role in our temptations and then we fall into sin. But because of our weakness, we can easily become impatient, overeat, and so on. We don't need the devil for that. It's simply our own weakness. So, but then he goes on regards to grace. He said, oh, yes, we can fall into sin without the devil, but when it comes to growing in merit, in union with God, growing in grace, he said, we cannot do that without the divine assistance. Our Lord said, without me, you can do nothing. And he continues, and this divine assistance is given to us through the holy angels, and therefore the angels collaborate in all our good works. We do now really unfold it and look into what it really means. Is actually that's the reason why for God an angel. we cannot do anything that is pleasing to God without the help of the angels. It's a tremendous statement.
1: Yes, it is. And
2: yeah, it's a tremendous statement, and most people don't know about it. But they are uh, a very important member in the chain of communication of grace. All sorts of grace, of course, is God. The Blessed Trinity. But then God chose to give the dispensation of all this grace to the Blessed Mother and then like other saints and John of the Cross, Francis they hold, then this communication goes down through the angels. So they hand this grace or light or whatever you want to call it, these graces, these actual graces, they're handed down to the angels and then mostly it's our guardian angel who for example make us alert, maybe now to pray another rosary, or uh, to help a certain person, or simply to, to say an Our Father or Hail Mary. So they are, without them, they actually cannot grow in the faith. And there are other quotes from Thomas Aquinas, uh, they go in the same direction. It ends up in all this, in the acknowledgement, without the angels, we cannot really grow in union to God, and therefore we have a personal guardian angel who's always beside us, mentoring us, and as some of the clients says, they do not only tell us, enlighten us in regards to what is to be believed, so all the mysteries of our faith, but they also let us know what we should do in order to fulfill God's, God's will. So that's now in short what uh, one of these angelic principles and there are others, and it's really amazing. Once we get these principles, you know, we cannot really grow in grace, in adoration, contemplation, or even expiation without the help of the angels.
0: Hmm.
1: That is a, uh, provides the foundation and quite an incentive to have us then grow in, th- in that devotion to the good and holy angels. And so if, if any of our listeners out there say, would, would Father have any first-step suggestions, what, what would be one or two important steps to say to grow in that devotion to one's guardian angel, to have a starting point?
2: Simply make yourself aware your angel is always with you every single moment, every second of your life. And he desires so much, to help you to get closer to God, to inspire you, to help you, not only in supernatural things, but also natural things. So to really build or build a friendship with the guardian angel, it starts by talking to your angel like a friend and talking your day over with him and allowing him to enter into your life and to direct your life. He will always lead you to God. He doesn't want to be in the center, but he will always lead you to close a union with God, the Blessed Mother, the Eucharist.
1: Mm-hmm. and can you share a little bit more about the the, your, the angelic being so you mentioned that to let the angel direct your life, to let your angel into all aspects of your life Well, how are they able to do that? how is it that we can look to our angel and basically the question is how, how is it that we are to put that kind of trust in our guardian angel?
2: because the angels are in regards to the nature they're pure spirits and they are already in the beatific vision. So they see God face to face and they read God's will for us so even they are always in God's presence, they also have a mission towards us. So by living in the presence of God in the beatific vision, God communicates his will to the angels and then the angels bring that will of God to us. So it's simply their their main the main ministry tells us is this enlightening, enlightenment that enlighten us in regards to God's will and to the mysteries of our faith. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, what might be some signs, Father Wolfgang, if someone's growing in the in their relationship with their guardian angel, but they're not sure? Am I really? How am I benefiting from relationship with the guardian angel? What what kind? Are there any? Concrete signs that a soul could know they're really interacting or profiting from deepening their friendship with their guardian angel.
2: There's a requirement. More must really be open for God's will, and it's not always easy because it will always mean we need to deny ourselves, renounce something worldly. So it's not just the angel is not our servant. He's always the servant of God. And he always wants to bring God's light to us and direct us in God's ways, not in our ways. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that is required is, I must be open to the truth and be willing to change my way if I discern otherwise. And then, when, when we have this pure intention, yes, then absolutely, we will experience the special help of the angel in our life. And there will also be signs. But this requirement is there, and without this requirement, uh, it will just be a self, uh, the self-illusion that we may be communicating with the angels, but we must have the honesty, to sincerity. We want to live a God-like, a God-like life according to God's soul. Must, yeah. There's an absolute requirement Or that we, that we, that, that we strive for this. Now, we are not perfect, but we really strive for it. And then the angel can help
1: us. Yes, that's great. And I, just to reiterate that, Father Wolfgang, it, it sounds like that the to, the one to discern am I growing in relationship with one with my guardian angel? It'll be marked by an increasing desire and docility to the will of God and the Holy Spirit uh, directing Absolutely. the
2: life. Yes. You nailed it.
1: Yes, and we Father, we have about one minute before we go into a break, and I have a, I have a brief question for you. Now, last segment on the question part, I had someone ask me, you could, should we give a name to our guardian angel, or can we do that? What do you say to that?
2: Yeah, that is the most frequent question. <laughs> can, yes. Can we name our angel? Um, I mean, they are saying to said in the past, but there's a document. Um, it's called um, Compendium on the Liturgy and Catholic Devotion something from the Vatican, and they discourage uh, naming angels except the three we know from Scripture. So we should not give our guardian angel um, a, a name because, first of all, we don't have the right to do that. Uh, the angels are we are we already in the of division, and we don't have authority over the angels. And another reason is uh, often then I simply the person who asks me, I name? what's the name of your mom? She says, Maria, how do you call your mom? Maria or mom? She says, mom, why not Maria? Yeah, because mom expresses respect. And then I say, yes, but also relationship. Your mom gave life to you. So, and this is all contained in this uh, when you call your mother mom, you know, by her first name. And um, it's a relationship. And guardian angel. That means he is the angel
1: who guards me. Thank you, Father Wolfgang. We want to stay with us. We're going to be right back after a break.
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Mrs. Sandon, the 6th grade teacher here at St. Philip's Catholic School in Bemidji, Minnesota. Please join us in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit,
3: Amen.
0: Glory be to
3: Hey, this is Father Brandon Moravitz from Holy Spirit Church uh, in Virginia, Minnesota and the Diocese of Duluth. We are incredibly blessed here on the Iron Range uh, to have Real Presence Radio. And in my life as a priest, we're always looking for ways in which we can get the message of Jesus Christ and the gift of our Catholic faith out into the world. And Real Presence Radio is one of those tools in our community that continues to teach and educate and inspire hearts and minds to be led to the Lord to the cross, to the tomb, and most importantly, to the altar. I am so grateful for all that Real Presence Radio does to build up the kingdom of God in our local area. If you are able, please, please consider financially supporting the mission of Real Presence Radio during this live drive. Everything you can do for Real Presence Radio is a way in which we can build up the kingdom of God. So I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God would give you a generous heart, and I invite you to respond in great generosity to support the gift of Real Presence
0: Radio during this year's Live Drive. God bless. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live
1: with Father Randall Kiesel, broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. Thank you for staying with us. And we're blessed to have with us Father Wolfgang Seitz from Opus Santorum Angelorum. Thank you for being with us, Father Wolfgang. Yeah,
2: thank you, Father Kiesel.
1: And as you know, there's a movie being released this coming Thursday, September 29th, a one-day-only St. Michael Meet the Archangel. Can you share with us a little bit about uh, that documentary and and, uh, your encouragement for the faithful to see it?
2: Yeah, I didn't see the English version. uh, Before I was asked to uh, help out with the movie, Um, I know the Polish version with subtitles and... I was really impressed how well it was done. It's a documentary, but I think it gives much more than if you would actually see a movie, you know, with movie stars. It's really authentic, and it really inspires devotion to St. Michael. And I really recommend everybody, if they have time, uh, to go to the theater and watch it. Imagine a good Catholic movie in our theaters. You know, we need more good movies in theaters. And, uh, everybody I think will go away with more inspiration and more encouragement now, uh, to, uh, turn more to God and then to turn also more to the angels. So I was really positively, uh, uh, impressed and, uh, so I was happy to help you out, but I didn't see the English version yet.
1: Okay. Thank you, Father Wolfgang. And again, to, for our listeners out there to go and find more information, go to this website, S-A-I-N-T. Michael movie, so that 's spelled out saint spelled out saint Movie dot com and there you can see enter your zip code to see where it might be showing in your local area and to have the chance to buy some tickets so father wilking we 're talking about the glorious world of the angels, and of course i I hear or get questions about the nine choirs of angels, so in a general way, and I know we have limited time, can you share with us a little bit of what we might learn or know about the nine choirs of angels
2: first of all. Uh The angels, so the world of the angels, is magnificent. We have no imagination how glorious, how great they are. But all their splendor together simply is a little reflection of God's splendor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thomas Aquinas says there are many more angels than all human beings of all times, and the majesty and power of an angel is beyond any human power. So it's... um, world of the angels is really magnificent, and uh, for us, we cannot really understand. But <clears throat> tradition tells us there are nine choirs of angels, and uh, they're normally divided in three rings. We call them three rings, the higher rings, the highest rings, the seraphim, the cherubim, and the thrones. And in the middle ring, the powers, the archangels, and angels, etc. No, the dominations, the virtues and principalities, excuse me, the middle ring. And then the lowest ring, these are the powers, the archangels and the angels. And um, they all were part of the test in the beginning. Every single angel was tested whether they would prefer God and his plan over their own plan, so to say. There was a test in the beginning. Uh, We know from this test. To the book of Revelation, chapter 12. And, uh, but we don't go into this now. So, the highest ring, the in the cherubim, these choirs, they are closest to God and are the most perfect. And ordinarily, these choirs are solely dedicated to the service of God and have no direct involvement in the administration of creation. I say ordinarily, that means... It is always free to entrust a seraphim or a cherubim with a certain mission. But we know from Sister Faustina that uh, she was visited by seraphim. Also, Margaret Mary was uh, visited by seraphim, and uh, yeah, and some of the saints who received, you know, um, where their heart was pierced mystically by a lance, it was all. At least sometimes, it was also a seraphim. Then the second ring or middle ring, the dominations, the virtues and principalities. Um, first, I must say, God entrusted the administration of the entire creation to the angels. So, Augustine and Augustine, the greatest church father, church father we have, and St. Thomas Aquinas, they both hold that everything, the whole creation, is under the care of the angels. So every star, every uni- uh, uh, every galaxy, every plant, every stone, uh, everything is under the care of the angels. So now the second ring, uh, they administrate creation in a general way. For example, they can have a stewardship over some portion of the universe, about a galaxy over galaxy or stewardship, with respect to some particular physical laws in the universe, they can have a stewardship over a particular geographical region, or simply over certain nations, for example, over the people in China. And, um, as I said, they act in a general way, so they're like high-level architects or engineers, and they work more with ideas. And then they give instructions, to the lower choirs of the third ring, the third ring. And now we come to this ring, the powers, the archangel and angels. And generally, we can say these three lowest choirs, they are more directly involved, or they're now directly involved in creation, they're in active contact, direct involvement, in, they have a direct intervention into this role. So while the coils of the middle ring oversee the creation in a general way they make the major plans and decisions, the coils of the third and lowest ring take, so to say, the hammer and the nails in hand and work directly with matter and human beings. Mm-hmm. So this is now a general way to explain uh, the... the, the, the yeah.
1: Very good, Father Wolfgang, and, and part of our time here, we have the, the Feast of, of the Archangels coming up. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the role of the Archangels and some of the uh, uh, duties and, and missions that they accomplish in the human family?
2: The Archangels, um, they, uh, it, it seems according to tradition there are seven Archangels only, but we don't know for sure. Some believe there are only seven archangels also, because I'm one of the seven who stand before the throne of God. Yes. And the archangels, let's say, they, as uh, Gregory the Great points out, they are sent with very important messages or with very important missions. So they go beyond a simple guardian angel mission. For example, Tobias was sent. He was not a, uh, excuse me, Raphael was sent to Tobias. He's not his personal guardian angel, but he had a great mission to accomplish, a greater mission. Also St. Gabriel was sent uh, to the Blessed Mother with the greatest message ever given to a human being. And then St. Michael, he is is the prince of the heavenly host, and often people think he belongs, or even theologians, he is a seraphim because he is called the prince of the heavenly host. But Thomas Aquinas, he makes clear that He belongs only to the second lowest choir, so the choirs of the archangels. And he is the prince of the heavenly host. And here the heavenly host, they refer here to the angels of the ninth choir. So he leads, as I mentioned, the lower choir, the more he's involved in the business of this world. So St. Michael is leading mainly, primarily, angels of the ninth choir in his warfare against evil spirits. That is how uh, we should understand uh, the title Prince of the Heavenly House.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we hear Saint Michael called the, the the greatest angel. Does that how, how does that refer to him in, in the in the sense you describe being leading the guardian angel choir, or is there another sense among all the angels in which we understand that?
2: I mean, Saint Michael has a very special uh, uh, merit because in the beginning, at the past. It was he, and all the other angels followed him, who then opposed Lucifer in his rebellion against God's plan. Uh, so he has a very special merit, and he has certainly, but we don't know that from scripture for sure. But we can assume that he might have a very special standing in the world of the angels today. He certainly was in some kind; he was promoted, but this does not make him uh, by nature therapy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, by nature, he's an archangel, but we can assume, as I said, he was promoted, he's certainly a great, uh, a very important, great standing among all the angels, a very special position, so nevertheless, he's just an archangel, but he's simply, uh, uh, here you see, simply reflected God's wisdom, because he chooses the weak in order to shame the strong, and he also, God, did not choose a seraphim, another seraphim, to oppose Lucifer, but he chose one of the second lowest choir, a real weak one by nature. So the, the power, the natural power of an archangel in comparison to a seraphim is almost nothing. So, but by God's grace, because of his humility and by God's grace, by God's power, who is unto God, he cried out. He could defeat Lucifer because he relied completely on God and so he was filled with the fullness of God's grace and could defeat Lucifer easily. And he was here the courageous one who stepped forward and all the angels. Now we're following him against the highest and greatest angel God ever created. And That's really something uh, something tremendous, you know. You you go against somebody who is the most powerful. But Michael, he has a carriage. He had the grace of God, and all the others followed him. But by nature, he is an archangel.
1: Mm. Very good, Father Wolfgang. And we have about uh, 20 seconds left in our interview. Can you share, just briefly, if someone wants to learn more about your work with the the Holy Angels and teaching, uh, where would they find information on your particular apostolate? Uh, This is on our
2: website, but uh, I don't know if people can understand, it's the website opusangelorum.org. This is simply uh, put into your search in the browser, and the Google or Bing or whatever you use, simply put in Work of the Holy Angels, and then it normally uh, will pop up, uh, the Opus and Angelorum. So, Work of the Holy Angels, and this will bring you to um, the link to our website and click on the link, And then you can also find information about the consecration of the guardian angel and all the angels. So just in a few words, what's the value of a consecration of the angels? To a consecration, we bind ourselves more to our guardian angel and all the holy angels, that they can now help us more effectively to union with God. As I mentioned already, their only goal is to lead us to union with God, to help us in our purification process, in our prayers, they lift up our prayers, they bring them before the throne of God, they want to pray with us the more we are united with the angels, the more we can reach union with God.
1: Amen. Father Wolfgang Seitz from Opus Sanctorum Angelorum, thank you for being with us here this morning, and after a break we'll be right back, stay with us.